Alright. Um, alright. Are we a bit spread out? It feels, yeah, it feels really spread out. It's alright, it's fine. <laughs> huh? Yeah, pull in, pull it in. Ben, you just, you guys just stay there and then, yeah, you, 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 just merge in. I feel like I'm a bit tall. Yeah, I'm very, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he just... Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll pull that couch around. Yeah, that, that'll that make it, yeah. And then... Yeah, go... No, it's safe to move. I've moved it plenty of times. Yeah, no, that's sweet. Perfect. And then you girls can move back a bit. There we go. This feels nice and intimate. <laughs> Hey, leaders of worship night, could you please? Um, yeah. um, hello, friends and family. Um, so I'm Brad, Brad Keys, and I am the husband of Ellie Faulkner. And oh, Ellie Keys, Ellie Keys. Well, te- technically, actually, because we're get- you're getting your but uh, your marriage certificate tomorrow. Yeah, but technically, in the eyes of the law, she's not. So she's <laughs> Ellie Faulkner. <laughs> nice segue, because we're talking about the law tonight. <laughs> um, um, now, Ellie is the daughter of Kathy Faulkner, and this is their household, just for any newbies that are here, and that's my mama bear as well. Um, so this is a big old family that we got here, and um, and it's awesome. Um, now, I don't, for some of you guys that don't know, like the part of the reason why we started this um, this night of teaching is because we found that like people were just so hungry for the truth. They really um, I, like Paul talks about that um, that we like you know. There's a place where people need to be fed milk because they're immature in their faith, and then people that want meat. And and um, and I felt like there was a lot of people that were in immaturity, but only because that was what was being fed to them. And um, and and part of the reason. So yeah, this is where we just want to get to the bottom of what the word's saying, get to the heart of it, get to just what um, what God's really saying and His feels about it. And so what I really like, what's been a big part of my life and a transition for me has been transitioning from a re- being a religious person um, to being someone intimate in relationship with God. Um, so firstly, I want us to pray and I really, I want us to pray um, with knowing the truth that 
the truth sets us free and who leads us there is the Holy Spirit because it says that the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth and the truth sets us free. And so this is the night of freedom where we're going to be set free by Holy Spirit. So we're going to welcome him in here and uh, and he's going to be the one that's just going to be bringing us the truth. He's going to be leading me. I've got so many notes, but I'm also so ready for him, yielding to him just to, to send me on whatever tangent, whatever is on my heart um, that, you know, so... Let's give it to Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you so much for everyone that's here. We are so grateful just for your word and for who you are, that you are God, that you are good. And Holy Spirit, you are the one that leads us into all truth. And the truth sets us free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There is nothing that can take back that freedom. As long as we stay, set our mind on truth, set our mind of things above. And so, Lord, we welcome your kingdom. May your kingdom come here. May open heavens take over this place. May all authorities, uh, all principalities and rulers, you leave right now in the name of Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we welcome you, King Jesus, the authority of the kingdom, and you come here. We welcome you. We are so, so willing to take your lead. And Lord, just uh, as you say in your word, in uh, I think it's John 10, that, that we are your sheep and we know your voice. And we're only led by your voice. And when we hear a stranger's voice, we, we don't just not listen to it, but we turn and run the other way. So Father, may this, this talk be totally of you, that it be something that people go, yes, this is what I want to follow. And may everything of the enemy not be heard by us. May we can clearly see that He is not our Father, He is not our Good Shepherd. And we run away, we go away, we, we say no. So Holy Spirit, we just yield ourselves to You. We love You so much. Thank You, Dad, that You are just such a good Father. And Lord, we just ask for Your wisdom that You give so freely and you don't even look at the heart, you are so, so happy just to give wisdom. We love you so much. Amen. I really feel too high. Um, all right, here we go. Huh? No, I feel pretty comfortable. This is all right. Um, so, my aim for this talk was to try and... Um, I knew that in my... So I'm going to share part of my testimony. Well, like, yeah, whatever that looks like. And part of it was that I was, like, sincerely in relationship with God, but I was in religion. Um, I was... Well, I was living religiously. I want to be careful with what I say here because I'm not ragging against churches. I don't want to... I'm not going to... There's not a place where I'm going to name a church or anything like that but there is a place in Christianity where the enemy is trying to bring religion into it and and part of my my job here tonight is I want to 
start unpacking and defining what religion is um, because it is a word that often gets thrown around, around in communities that declare freedom um, where often it's like we're free you know and, and it's a you know we're free from sin and we're free and all these things and we go screw religion and 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 it's just this like uh, but then people don't really know what religion is and then they start just like you know you god wants us like we he, he he wants us to, to, be, to be following a, like a straight path and sometimes we, we go f- just way too left or way too right. And, um, and, and with this, we want to make sure that we're Santa, that we're, we're really focused on what God. Hey, guys. That's all right. Um, and, and so, yeah, like part of what we're doing tonight, I'm not, this isn't exhaustive. It's not something that I have totally dialed, but the thing that I was asking God was, God, please teach me and define what religion is, what it looks like, because it's clearly something that opposed Jesus. Um, and so the first thing that I wanted to bring up before I share my testimony um, was that everything that, like, the, the, the enemy, Satan, the, the principalities, the rulers, he is in... Every evil scheme, like that, that may be obvious, but we need to actually acknowledge that this is a spiritual battle, this is a spiritual warfare, and that we actually need to take take spiritual steps to make sure that we're um, dealing with things correctly. Um, because something that uh, I don't, what <laughs> didn't even mean to re- reference religion. No, it's not actually religion. But what a, a lot of like churches that I've been around have done is that they've sort of quenched and and sort of not denied the spiritual well, but never spoke about it. And so it was never something that was affecting. So I want to make sure that we sort of really just hit on, and really I want to convince you that there is actually a spirit of religion. And, um, and like, please just be really childlike about this. Don't, I don't want, because like, when someone told me something, like, there's a spirit of this definite, I was like, I just went and it's like, how do they know to define, like, define this? And how did, I, and I just went into, I was just like, I tried to get to, like, d- like, let's just be a child and just like, I like, and just, just absorb this. So, um, so Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. Um, this is just a, a pretty well-known um, few Bible verses. It says, "Put on the whole armor of God, what you may be able um, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places." Like so. This is like Paul saying here that like that there is there is a uh, the the enemy is in is is in all evil things, but it, in one John it clearly says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That the, the, the part, reason why Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. And do we believe that Jesus, what he did was he did it completely. He did it fully. So he fully defeated the works of the devil. Um, and so we, it, there is no problem with the like we we don't have a, a fear or a worry about um, about the the enemy and this the, the like and the spirits of this world, um, but we, we we need to acknowledge them. And so, guys, I really just want to um, 
bring to you that I believe that there is a spirit of religion and it's existed for a very long time. Um, I actually can go back to, um, I was, it's funny, Jesus pointed it out and, um, and it actually comes from the first brother relationship. Um, sorry, my notes are so scattered and I wasn't expecting to go straight to this, but, um, okay. If any, if you want to go to Matthew 23. Now I was reading, oh, man, I felt like everything I read over the past couple weeks when I knew that this is what I was talking about I felt like my eyes were drawn so that everything that you read like so much of what you read in the gospels Jesus is just being opposed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes like he was opposed by the religious um, the people that actually claim to 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 get what righteousness was and, and, um, and we're following God. Um, but they were the ones, the biggest people, like the, the biggest enemy of Jesus was them. They, the religion, the, re- the religious put Jesus on the cross, put him to death. Um, so like re- just already there, it's just like re- religion's got a, a is, is not a good thing. Um, but something that Jesus says and he, um, uh, in 23 verses 34 to 36. And so Jesus, this is at the end, or is it sort of in the middle of a rant that Jesus has where he just, he just like hammers the Pharisees. He is just going, woe to you Pharisees. And he's just saying all these things of what they've done. And one of the woes just stuck out to me. And, um, and so what did I say? 24. Um, uh, did I say 23? 23, 34. Oh yeah, cool. So you serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Oh, that was, I don't think that was meant to be the verse. But anyway, therefore, and um, so Jesus says, so these, okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, the Pharisees, they are, um, they're Jewish people and they're just the, the leaders of, um, of the church, the church of the time, um, of the Jews. And so they were just like, all of the Old Testament was their jam. They that that was what all they cared about. They would read it. They loved Moses, Abraham. Those guys were their boys. Like and and like and so they and the law. The law was was all they wanted to uphold. And and it was, there was just laws upon laws upon laws that that not went beyond what God had necessarily said. But they were trying to stay so far away from what God planned because they actually couldn't. Become, be righteous themselves. They made so many rules and regulations to try and fulfill, make like do good by the laws that that they ended up just becoming super just about the rules and 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 super boring and and they they lost track of who God really was. But um, so so Jesus gets re- really it seems like just PO'd with the Pharisees, and he just like and it's, yeah like. There's a few verses before it that, like chapters before it, where it, it's just leading to him sort of getting to this spot. And anyway, he's just going down on the scribes and the Pharisees, and he says, um, on verse 34, therefore I send you prophets 
and wise men, scribes. So he's talking about the Old Testament prophets. He's talking about um, the people that were like he, he was saying that you. He's saying you, the 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 religious, you like you 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 um. I, I sent you these prophets, these wise men, these scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that you may come, uh, so that you may come all the righteous blood, sh- uh, so that you, you, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah the son of. Um, Bacharach, um, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Um, the, bit, the thing that just popped out was that Jesus pointed out that the religious killed Abel. Now, I don't know, like, uh, when, as soon as I thought about that, I was like, Abel, the, who killed Abel? It was Cain. Like, and, like, and, Je- and Jesus is referring to the religious, but yet he's talking that Cain was sitting in that category. That Cain was sitting in the category of of the religious, and and I'm like, like, and I want to like really help, like, um, bring, like, I don't know, bring this to you that that back then the spirit of religion was at work, and he was at work in Cain, and and what happened in that scenario was that. They would they were coming to bring offering um, to God and and Abel was a um, he was like a shepherd he had a, he had I, th- I think it was just a shepherd he he had meat um, and Cain was one that was harvesting the fields and so Cain brought his offering and it. And God wasn't very pleased with it, and then and and it sort of described that his offering was just a whatever, like you know, he just gave him like not the best fruit. He just gave him the the, the okay fruit or all the vegetation. But then, but then Abel gave him the first like the the first newborn lamb. He gave him like the just like the best best lamb and gave it to him, and um, and he became like. And God said, "You like, th- th- like, like you. This pleases me." And um, and and it's something that I was just like, "Oh, I, I don't know why that pleases God so much versus the other. They're both offerings." And uh, and as I came to dw- like, you know, um, continue to sort of um, like dwell on this with God and ask Him about it. And oh, there's another Bible verse, and I don't know where I put it. I've got, I've just got far too many notes. Um, but there's another part that talks about Abel, and it talks about him being faithful. And um, and what I can conclude in that scenario was that Abel gave outside of necessarily his means, gave outside of what was, um, you know, like like God cursed the earth. Like he he like you know, it was, men were meant to have a hard time making a, a living. And, um, and so in a place where you're in a hard time, like sometimes it's hard to give God your, you know, your best stuff when like, oh, it's all right, Siri. Um, oh, yes. Is it? Um, do you want to read it? Just whatever is relevant in it. But 
what so so what happened is that Abel he came and he and he brought like beyond what was actually something that like you know for all we knew he was very well giving outside of, he wasn't going to eat very well that week he wasn't going to eat very well that day or whatever whereas whereas Cain he was just giving you know the leftovers the 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 the, the, the slightly rotten the not as good the the, the ripe um, to God and and God's like well you know. This is, this is not like, you know, to God, this is not just a, this is not a tradition. This is not a ritual. This is the very beginning of creation. And God wanted, he, he cared about the heart. He cared about that Abel was giving him his all, was giving his everything to God in trust and in faith. Um, so, yeah, did you? Um, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. What verse is that? 11.4. Hebrews. Hebrews 11.4. And it's also very similar in a sense when Jesus is showing um, the Pharisees and the, and the rich people that when they gave to Jesus, the rich and the that gave from what they had left over, whereas mm. the old woman who gave just a few mm. pennies gave everything she had, and he was explaining that that's what he wants us. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, "That's faith." Yeah. Yeah. That's faith. That's right. And um, and then what what happened there? And if we're gonna like see what I'm trying to get you to see is that Cain is under a play, like is under you know the um, influence of the spirit of religion. He, for one, the first thing that was a sign of that is that he didn't give his all. He gave what he was just, he, he, he just, he just gave, he just did what he thought he was just meant to do. It was not, it was not out of faith. It was, like, it, it, it was faithless. Um, and the second thing is that he actually, his pride came over him and he was like, hell, how do I deal with this solution? There's no humility in it. There was no wanting to change. He, he went and murdered his brother. Like, and a, a point to make is that something that religion seems to do is murder and, and, not, and, and hate. Um, and, and it's not, and I'm not saying like, this is not, we're not seeing that in the, the, the normal everyday church. Um, what we may be seeing in the normal everyday church is certain people getting kicked out of a church, um, getting pushed away, exiled, those sort of things happening. Um, but, but throughout history, even not even just in God's word, religion has not moved in love. Um, religion do- doesn't move in love. That is not how religion works because it is a spirit of the enemy. Um, and so, yeah, so from the very beginning, I feel like there's a case to say that, that there was a, like, that there was a spirit that now we define as, re- I think that we define as religion. Um, but, but there was a spirit that the, the, whole, the, the purpose was to to was to disconnect um, people from God and from each other, um, and so I want to now bring us, and this will move us into our next point. Um, yeah, my next point is pretty much just what I just said. Religion destroys connection with God and with each other, and creates shame to keep us away. Now, 
this came comes from a really well researched um, researcher. <laughs> Her name is um, uh, Brene Brown, I think. B R E N weird E with a dash on top. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's a TED talk, and I love TED talks. They have like they they're just like twenty minute nuggets of just awesome knowledge. Um, I, I, they're probably some duds, but I, I like the ones I listen to are awesome. And um, and this one, I le- legit I heard about it, and I got impacted by someone retelling it to me. And I only just listened to it before I came into this house. Um, and and I wrote a, a bunch of points from it. I just felt like I was just being downloaded by God. Um, and so this this um, this lady, this researcher, her, like, what she did is that she, something that just happened, like, I don't know where this came from in her life, but she came to define what shame was. She wanted to, under, the biggest thing that moved her was actually, like, in terms of, like, she, she wasn't a Christian. I think she became a Christian um, after this research that she, that she did. But she did the research. She wants to know, like, she sort of named like this. She wants to know how to hack into people's minds. She wants to understand, like, like what, what makes us tick, what makes us do what we do. Like, because when we understand those things, we can start finding solutions psychologically for things. And so, she was, you know, just doing research for that sort of thing. And, um, and so her research um, led her into a place of shame. Like shame is this like awful thing. And, um, but then, um, so, so then what she did is she moved, like she, she spent what she th- thought was only going to be one year researching shame and, and people's feelings towards shame and, and their experiences with shame led to six years of uh, of going to multiple different countries, multiple different cultures, like totally different parts of the world to see what... Because I, I, I firmly believe and something that she firmly believes is that humanity like all has a... We, we have a core like place of like psychology. Like we, we, we all have uh, we the same things make us tick even though we have all different things that influence us, influence us to do different things we there, there, there's there's probably this core because i believe and she had other reasons because she wasn't a christian when she decided this but i believe i was just like we're all created in god's image and god's image is god's image and then we all become diverse through that you know so i was just like there's a core here there's a central thing here that we all have a core about and something that i believe she tapped into was actually a core of God and that's why she actually became uh, end up sold out to Jesus and so what um, what she said that was a difference after all of her research a difference between people that were living like in shame and didn't feel like they could belong like because the the opposite what she said was the opposite of belonging is shame or the opposite of shame is belonging is that shame is actually the um, the deterrent of you feeling like you belong because if you feel shame you're just being like oh I'm not good looking enough to do this I'm not equipped enough to do this so you, you feel ashamed you, you feel like there's a shame that you can't do something so you don't do it it stops you from connecting with people maybe you're just like I'm not funny enough to talk to that person it stops you from connecting it stops you from being shame is the stopper of 
all good things. And, um, and that was part of the reason why she was so engulfed in like, what is this thing? But she, but there's obviously so much more. And, um, and so she, she realized that what made people tick was belonging, that everything that dry, drove humanity to do anything was to belong. It was actually um, like the reason, even if people were like, like, you know, not, they looked lonely. The reason why they actually had such a good job to earn this money to, was to satisfy, you know, satisfy their mum's heart for them to be successful. You know, something like that, you know, like it's always about connection and about people and relationships. Everything drives us from that place and people go insane like when they're totally isolated and alone. Um, I actually watched this. Oh, my thing says time for bed. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not time for bed right now. Um, um, I was watching this weird video of this lady that lives in like somewhere in Sweden where no one else lives and she lives with just huskies. Like, and she's just like, it's so good living alone, like, and living just in a farm, like just doing, she fully just resources everything herself, doesn't have any connection to society and she thinks it's the best and someone did a video about her. And I was just like, well, that sort of goes against a bit of what I was just saying then because, and, and then I was like, no. Her connection is with her dogs. Like that, that's, she feels belonging through her dogs. And I was like, that's weird. But you know, anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the point. Um, so the difference between people who have a strong sense of love and belonging and people who don't is they believe that they aren't worthy of belonging. And, she re- and, and what she researched, so, so she spent six years researching and she came to that conclusion that people didn't, the people that didn't feel worthy just simply like, and, and they, no, the people that didn't feel like they could belong somewhere simply just didn't believe that they were worthy. The people that did believe they were worthy, even though they might have not have been worthy, were the ones that actually ended up belonging and feeling loved. And, um, and so she, after the six years of researching, she spent another, I think, four years re- trying to research the, why the people, like what was going on with the people who believed, like why were the people, what was going on with the people that believed that they were worthy? What were the things that was making them think that way? Um, and, and what led them to that place? And she said the difference was that those people were able to become vulnerable. Um, we were able to, to be seen, to, 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 take, uh, to become naked. And you know, you know what actually, what, what was the first thing that happened when sin came in the world? We saw Adam cover himself. He, he looked at himself and he was like, uh, I, I'm ashamed. I, I, I can't be seen this way. That was the first thing that happened. Um, and, and, and apparently, through a secular study, it came to the conclusion that vulnerability, the willingness to be seen for who we are, all faults, like 
like if we're stumbling on something if we if we're finding something hard for at this time but i'm usually i'm usually so strong i'm usually so good but but i'm actually struggling right now and i'm going to tell someone i'm going to tell people that i usually rely on me to be strong i'm actually going to tell them like that is where you start to see yourself being feeling even more belonging more loved and it's just a key part of this um and and a bible verse that came to mind when i was thinking about this was um, there was this, this interesting Bible verse where Jesus, I think it's Matthew 7, he says, I, like, um, there'll be, like, some of you that will say, did I not prophesy in your name and do miracles and do all these things in your name? Like, and God will say, I never knew you. And, and, and I, and I, I because when I used to read that, it used to be, I never knew you. Like, it was just this, like, like, I, you know, and it was like God's choice. I never, I chose to never know you. But then I re-listened to it with Holy Spirit. And he was just like, I never knew you. Like, you never, you never became naked and vulnerable before me. You, you never revealed yourself to me. You know, like, like, so... Like, yes, you understood authority. You understood the powers of the kingdom. That Even people of this world understand that. They understand the kingdom, like, so, and, but they don't realize it. And they're, and they're moving in things that, that are, like, are, are, are amazingly powerful and spiritual and they don't even realize it. Like, and then there are people that are in religion that are moving in amazingly powerful things, but they're not knowing God. They're not... Be, like becoming intimate with him and revealing himself themselves and and um and you know what that ties in with it ties in with the the resemblance of oneness that god calls us into um he calls us into oneness that's actually meant to resemble the intimacy of of sex uh, of sex with a wife um or with a husband um and and that like and and what happens in that process like uh, on a wedding night when two virgins come together they have never revealed themselves to each other and they actually have to become so vulnerable to become naked together it's it's this tremendous act of just stripping off and, and <laughs> but like and, and just I didn't mean to say it that way, but like, um, but yeah, just, just becoming vulnerable with the other person for the purpose of intimacy, for the purpose of oneness. And that's what God's calling us into. Um, now, I know I haven't really touched on religion too much in this, um, but I really want to bring the case here that, that religion, and, and I, I will really, I want to confirm this case, religion destroys connection. It comes to destroy connection with God and it creates shame to keep us away. And, uh, and without even being, right now, just without even bringing um, a Bible verse to that, like we can just see that the way that religion works, it, re- it works in, in structure, it works in rules, it works in that like something that I, f- okay, so now I'll bring my testimony in now. Um, so my life, I 
grew up with my mom. She loved Jesus. She became a Christian actually because her, um, when I was born in Monaval Hospital, the, the mother's group that she was in, she became friends with this Christian lady, Debbie Peters from St. Faith's, if anyone knows her. And, um, and she's the most beautiful lady. And she became friends with my mom and my mom came to know Jesus. And then I got to know Jesus as I grew up. And, uh, and I, yeah, I grew up in, in, in St. Faith's. And, um, and I I just had this sincere just belief, just childlike belief that I just believe what my mom told me. I just believe that Jesus was real. And for some reason, I had the most sincerest belief that he was for me, that I, I, it, was, it was just so pure. Like I, I, I believed, I remember it was like, I was in year five and, no, year five, I was in kindergarten and, um, and I, oh, when did I start soccer? When did I start soccer? About six. About six. So maybe... I was in year one then. And, but the thing was, I was actually, the, 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 my friends I had made at school were, in, uh, were actually a year older than me because I started school when I was four years old and then like, I clicked over in March sort of thing. And so they were actually older than me. So then when I went to soccer, um, when I went to go sign up for soccer, they were in a whole nother year to me. And I was like, no, this sucks. Like, this sucks. And then I was given the opportunity to go just up, up a year. And you know what my response as a kid was? God did that. And I was like, God, thank you so much that you gave me the opportunity to go. Like, you know, I was just like this sincerely, just like God was the one that gave me good things. Like, and, I, and, I, and my mom was obviously speaking that into me and, and the Holy Spirit was obviously speaking that into me. And, um, and, and yeah, so I just grew up just, just always believing in God. And, um, but I never had like a firm foundation in a church for a, a while until I grew up through school, went to Covenant Christian School. So I was always around Christian people, Christian things. I sincerely just loved Jesus. But then I became anchored in a church um, and, and then I ended up becoming, I, I did, um, I ended up becoming a carpenter and did that for six years and hurt my knee. And then I became a youth pastor for three years at that same church. And, um, and, and then something big happened. And that was when a bunch of people were worshiping Jesus in my church and they were looking pretty radical. They were looking pretty different. Um, they, I ne- they were seeing healings and talking full of joy. And I was like, uh, and I was, I was experiencing anxiety at the time. And I was just like, I don't get joy. What the heck? Like, I don't understand it at all. And, uh, and, but there was a humility in me to go, well, I don't get what they're doing. They're, 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 I can't explain it scripturally. Um, sometimes they couldn't even explain it scripturally, but they were just pursuing God with all their heart. They were fully surrendered and vulnerable and intimate with Jesus. And I actually saw that and I was like, well, there's something that like, I need to open up to this a little bit. Um, still skeptical, but I'm going to open up to this a little bit. And, um, and, and this was the worship night that was started from the very beginning when it was three people or four or five or ten people by the time I went there. And um, that, that Jason and, the, and everyone were running and... Um, and somehow, I don't, there was no, like, you know how Nate, when he was explaining his testimony, he was like, and then there was this conversation, and then a few weeks later, there was this conversation, they're defining moments. I don't remember 
any defining moments really. Um, like I'm just not good at remembering those sort of things. But I just do simply remember that the one thing that really clicked with me was that thing that Nathan was talking about, that the truth sets us free by faith. Like we, I, I need to, like regard, the, something that these guys are just spewing out and I was like, it just somehow had a peace in me was that if I, if I like, I need to just believe in faith even though I don't see it. Um, and so I, um, I had, because I was dealing with quite depressive, like anxious sort of stuff, I was like, Lord, the, the, the Philippians 4 verses, I think it's like 7 to 8, it's like, do not be anxious about anything but with, by, in, in all things, um, present your request. Oh, sorry. yeah, is it pre- present your request to God um, with present petition, and He will give you a peace that transcends understanding that will guard your heart and your mind. And I was just like, do not be anxious about anything. And I was just like, I, I, I just I used to believe it as a command because. I actually was like, in my mind was very quite in like a religious, like sort of way of thinking and everything came to me as commands. Everything came to me as you had to do things or if you don't do it, there's something wrong. So I thought that if I didn't not be anxious, then I was sinning, you know, and I, and it was just this, and so anyway, I started just like, oh, I started this understanding that this Russian my crew got me into was like, no, this is just him like, calling you into what he wants and um and he was like he doesn't want you to be anxious about anything he wants you to bring request to him so he can bring you a peace and the opposite of anxiety is peace and so i was like lord i will not be anxious about anything i, de- I started declaring this over me even though i was feeling it for still weeks to months after and then there was just this time where i realized i was out of it i didn't have anxiety i wasn't stressing i wasn't freaking out it started about dating Ellie actually saw me have like, and it's cool because Ellie actually saw who I was and I, br- I, would, I looked so strong from the front. I was the, the strong leader at Bell Ridge Uniting and, and yet like Ellie saw, I was, I was so weak in, in this place and, and I saw the power of God just come and, and, and move me. And, um, and so yeah, I became so sold out to the truth. All of a sudden, the word of God became alive in me, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I was reading things, and I was like, "This is real. Oh, this is true." And it was just like making sense, and and my heart was changing, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'd been sincerely in love with Christ all my life, and this was the first time that that happened to me. And I came to really define what it was that that kept me separated from that, and it was religiousness. And, and it's not that, the, that, that always the church is completely... If the church was completely consumed with religiousness, there wouldn't be any Christ. So I'm not saying the church is completely consumed with religiousness. But there is religion there and it's strong. Um, 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 well, I've, I've just got another 15 minutes. So, uh, did I really give it? Sorry, guys. Um, 
Okay, yeah, what I'm going to do, just to keep a bit of focus, I'm just going to quickly just lay down a few things that God does not do that seems like religion just really wants you to think that he does do. And then, um, and then I just want to just go into, like, so just the point that I made about belonging, like, you know how I talked about the core, that, like, that we, we've been all created in God's image and in God's likeness. Um, there's, a, there's a core to God, God. There's a core to God and who He is, and it's inherent in us. And that is that His, His, one of the biggest things that makes Him tick is relationship. And one clear thing that makes sense of that is that God could have just been one person, but He became three. Like, He's, he's the Trinity because He just wants to be in relationship with Himself. Like, you know, like, <laughs> He needs relationship. Like, he's, he's, he's just, that's what makes Him tick. It's relationship. And it's so funny, their relationship, because God's just like, I'm going to send my Son and everything that was created through Him and for Him. And then Jesus comes and He's like, oh, I, I, I only do what the Father says and, te- and what the Father um, t- tells me. And then the Holy Spirit says, um, I'm only going to tell you about Jesus. And, and there, it's all just, full of humble like because they don't want to ever talk about themselves they want to talk about the other because they're just so in love with each other Um, and and it's just like God's just a a God of relationship that everything about the Old Testament uh, and the Old Covenant was actually to, to, to go you can't do this outside of relationship I've given you rules I've given you how like you know if you do XYZ then you'll be right with me but you can't do XYZ without me and without being in intimate with me and without being close with me. And so that's what religion is. It's the religion, God's saying you can't do it in religion. You can't do it in the law. Man, read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. You will get absolutely dominated with how much we're not, we, we, we are not in the law anymore. We can't be part of the law. We are dead to sin and we're alive to God. And it's, and it's just, it's crazy cool. And so I want to go through the relationships that we have with God. We have so many relationships with God. It's crazy. Like we're, we're, we're father and son. We're, um, he's God. We're created. Like there are so many different facets of our relationship and they all serve a purpose and they all work in one. Like you can, you could walk through one day and, and see God as king, see God as God, Lord of creator of everything and you feel so small but he's so big and you're just like, whoa, in wonder and then, then you could be like, oh, we're friends like, and you're just so close to him and then you could go, oh, I'm, I'm intimate with him. I, he's like my lover because, um, dude, um, what is it? Um, Song of Songs is, is, is meant to be the I, I, like talk about intimacy that uh, with God in the church. It's meant to be the closeness that that the, him in the church is meant to have. And who are we? We're the church guys. Is that, that's and it's vividly like intimate. Like he like it's crazy. And I'm just like, do I dare think that like like you know? And it's like God's not like he's not talking. I'm not talking sexual here. He just it's about the the nakedness. It's about the 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 shedding of of and and intricately looking at one another's detail um, because you see that in Song of Songs you see the husband looking at the 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 wife's breasts and how it does this thing and and he talks about it as like you know it's, there's there's I don't know there's like prancing goats and I don't know like all sorts of different things. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's just crazy funny. And like, because like legit, like from the, from the secular look, God's just written a, like a book on sex in the Bible. Like, you know, and, uh, and it's, just, yeah, it's, it's just funny, but it's actually about intimacy. And so it, there's so many different facets. So anyway, I, I, I want to get into that in a sec. Um, but God, like I want to just, just really just like nail this down. That there is no, God does not condemn. He he does not condemn us who are in Christ. So I'm going to be talking to us about those that are in Christ. When we are in Christ, because this is the definer. There's before the cross, the old covenant, rules, regulations, the law, religion, and then new covenant. It's all about relationship. It is only about relationship. It's so much about the heart, like it's crazy. It goes so far that, like Paul talks about, it's so like, it's so much about that that he he has to end up going. But guys, like even though there's so much grace in your relationship, you don't sin because you can go so far in thinking, whoa, like God loves me and forgives me so much, and there's so much grace for me that I could do anything. You know, I'm such good friends with him that I could, he goes, he'll just forgive me. And, and Paul's like, like he, he, you know, he feels like he's made such a big case of grace and how good our relationship with God is in Romans that he has to then go, well, wait, 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 but hold up guys, don't get carried away here. Like it is that good, but don't like, that there is so much grace, but like, no, like you don't, don't that, I can't, I'm trying to think of the sentence that he literally says, but, sorry? Well, yes, he's just like you mean oh, grace. Yeah, abounds. Yeah. What's yeah, yeah. By no means sh- shall we keep on sinning that grace may abound. Exactly. That's the sentence. That's the verse. Exactly. Um, so in Christ. So okay, this was such a huge thing for me. Um, as I was moving into the kingdom of God, I was like, like. There was, I was constantly being battled with like this, this, this attitude of like, oh, but like, because pe- these people would talk about joy and talk about peace and, and the Holy Spirit bringing gifts to them and bringing healing to them. And I would go and pursue those things. And, some, and, and most of the time outside of that anxiety case, and, okay, and, that, and when anxiety left me, I was totally sold out. So then every time after that, when I didn't see peace and I didn't see joy and I didn't see healing and I didn't see all these things, I was like, there's a problem with me. Does God condemn me? Like, am I condemned because I, I sinned? I, I did something wrong. And, um, and, then, and then this is part of the reason why I got so legit for a year and a half. I did, I, it's almost like I didn't read any other Bible chapters outside of Romans 5, 6, 7, 8. I just didn't. Like, I couldn't leave it. It was addressing everything in my heart. It was, and I didn't realize how much, even though it's such an intense book of theology and doctrine, it's actually such a book of relationship. It's, it's just drawing us into relationship with God's crazy. And, um, and so, um, just for anyone that's writing notes, but I'm not going to, um, about condemnation, 1 John 3, 18, 22, like talks about that. Um, and also in Romans 8, it says there is no condemnation in Christ. So that's pretty simple as well. So in Christ, there is no condemnation. We, like, God, like, 
Okay, let's really think like, um, like relationally here. Like God is our dad. And, and like even like, I don't know if you know the, the, the prodigal son, like uh, that story. Well, it's actually the story of the two brothers because it's not just one son, there's two. And one is actually, the, like it actually, Jesus tells the story because it's, one's a religious son and one's a son that goes to the world and then comes back to the father. And, um, and so you just like, he's a, he's a, he was the father that when his son came back from leaving in the world, he didn't just see him and wait for him to get to the door and then open the door and say, hey, you're welcome in. He dropped everything and he was actually looking and he saw him and he ran to him. He ran to his child that had taken half of the inheritance and he did not give any fricks because his son <laughs> was... Because <laughs> he was... He, <laughs> sorry? Not one. <laughs> not one. <laughs> um, and he ran to him and his son was trying to say, I'll be a servant. And he, it says that literally, the father did not listen to him. So like... And, and, and the, what the father did, so, so the son comes and says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. So take me in as a servant. I know that they're well fed. Do we not, do we not see sometimes that we like, can like, you know, like run to God feeling unworthy, going, no, I, I, I can't be worthy, but just, just let me be a servant. And like, that's what religion, it's a false humility. It's a false humility that religion comes and, and says, no, 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 I'm not worthy. But no, God says, he doesn't even listen to that crap. He goes, no. And he puts on a robe and he, and he and clothes him and makes him look royal. And then he puts on a ring and he gives him authority and he puts on um, thongs on him to, to resemble purity and he goes this is my son and what is the first thing he does he parties he parties like crazy and what happens is that the religious son that's all about the commandments doesn't like partying religion doesn't like partying guys um, it's, it's actually a clear point that Jesus makes There's, I think it's what is it um, I can't remember but Jesus like literally goes um, lost sheep that a good shepherd goes, finds his one lost sheep and rejoices and parties. Then lost coin, the, the wife or the, the woman, yep, comes back, parties. Then the son comes back, parties. Like the kingdom is full of parties. And I heard this really good point. It was just like, if, like literally every, every single day, there is at least one person getting saved. The kingdom is constantly partying because it says with every person that is being saved, the angels, angels are, rejo- are, are in a party, are in a celebration. So the kingdom of God is full of parties. And, you know, in the, in the parable of the, of the, the, the prodigal son, the, the religious don't like parties. That's just, you know, they don't like fun, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we... Like in that, that, that focus of relationship though, he, like God, like we, we can't come to him feeling condemned because it doesn't make any sense when you're in Christ. It just doesn't. He has no, he doesn't condemn you. The wrath of God was, it was poured out. It was put on Jesus. Everything was put on Jesus. Um, 
Now, oh, let's Now, God does not have punishment to His people, um, because I'm trying to define like relationship here with God, and often we can think because okay, we can go religion or relationship, but then. How many relationships are in this world? You can have a relationship with a boss and he's going to treat you like crap. So like, we can't just say with God, we're in relationship. We really got to define what it is. And he's not, we're not in a relationship that, like I just said, condemns. He does not condemn us. And we're not in a relationship that punishes us. Like we, we cannot, like, I, I can't believe how much I actually think like, and this is me being vulnerable, guys, is like that, like that God is punishing me. That the reason why I, I di- didn't heal someone or the reason why I didn't receive something or get that, like, you know, okay, I, the other day, um, uh, a dude um, had to leave some money in a letterbox because I did a job for him. I couldn't get money off him. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't tell you this. But um, somehow someone stole the money out of the letterbox and, or, or he didn't or stole it, or he didn't put it there, or I don't know, but like, but ended up that I don't get that 120 bucks, and so I was like, this one thought just came straight into me, you did something wrong, this is a punishment, and I was just like, but straight away, I was like, no, 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 like, this is, this is the week leading to me preaching about religion, this is the enemy trying to get me in religion, I'm like, no way, no way, like, God, there is, there is not, like, God does not punish those that are under Christ, um, five one seven, um, and this is this is us being justified. It says therefore, since we have been so, this is Romans five, um, one to nine. Therefore, since we have ju- been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Um, da, 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 da. For while we were still weak, at the righteous... Uh, so this is verse 6. Um, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will, scur- for, will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows His love for us in, in that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. So we, like... All wrath of God, all punishment, we're justified. The, the, like in relationship with God, there is no wrath. Like I would, I would say, I would. This is how I believe, and you guys can go on your journey to believe this. I believe that God doesn't get angry with me ever. He doesn't get angry with me. Um, what though, with this understanding, is that God does still discipline. He, 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 does ne- he never does it out of anger. I believe He never does it out of anger. He only does it out of love. Um, it says in Proverbs, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of His reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom He loves as a father, the son in whom He delights. He, he, like, he, he never does things out of anger towards us. Us that are in Christ. I, I can't... I, 
I haven't even I haven't researched what God's like towards people that aren't in Christ. I just research and look into my life and your guys' life, because um, and, and all I want to do is bring people into it. <laughs> um, but but God is never angry with you. I, that's just firmly what I believe. Um, I don't think He's ever angry with you. I think He's always in love with you. I do think though that things that you can do can disappoint Him. I think that you can do things that He doesn't like, but I don't think He's angry. I don't think that He gets angry at you. Um. <laughs> and sometimes that can feel worse. Sometimes that can feel worse. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, now, lastly, um, I've, I'll only just take a couple minutes. Um, how about I'll just like just name a few things, and if I feel like I want to elaborate, I will. But I know that we've hit an hour, so um, I'll re- I'll wrap it up. But um, but now in the new covenant relationships, I just want to just name some that I just listed out, and I've just jotted a few Bible verses that if you're note takers, you can take notes. Um, firstly, one that's pretty obvious, but we've got a relationship with as savior and free. Um, we were slaves to sin. We were sinners. We were condemned. But now we're free from sins. We're slaves of actually God. We're slaves of righteousness. Um, now, what uh, Romans 6 verses 22 is about slaves, uh, is free from sin, slaves of God. And Romans 8 verses 1 to 2 is no condemnation. Um, and then... We also have a relationship where we're in... I, I originally titled it as like... Because I didn't know how... I, I wanted to put a title on it, but I felt like I couldn't. But my original title was just like marriage. It was like, we're like, we're like married to God. But like, technically it doesn't say that, so I'm not going to say that. But it's like that. It's, it, 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 marriage is, a, is an example. It's meant to be a worldly... Well, not like... It's meant to be the closest example that we can get to actual having oneness with God. So it, it is like, you know, that's the, that's the relationship we have with God. And, um, but I defined it as intimately belonging and knowing. Um, knowing is a really cool thing. Um, and oh, there's an awesome, okay, could someone go to Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24? Um, someone go to 1 Corinthians 2. 10 to 12. And I'll go to the... Uh, who's doing Jeremiah? I don't even know where that is, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I know, th- I know that. <laughs> even, even when I was reading it, I was like, this is serious Old Testament here. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, so I, I, I'm not getting it, I'm getting another verse. So, yep, so this is Jeremiah 9, 23, 24. Can I read it? Yes, please. Sorry. Um, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. It's beautiful. It's like God like 
Knowing him is huge. Um, does anyone have the Corinthians? Corinthians 2 what? 10 to 12. Okay. <laughs> These are the things God has re- revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thought of God except for the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who is from God. Mm. so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Yeah. This was actually a huge verse that set me free when it came to like stepping out like into the kingdom was that the, the church community that I was around was not really encouraging my train of thought of pursuing the kingdom. I was then going... I, I was start, I, at the start, I was questioning whether what I was believing was sort of right, but I saw miracles. So I was like, I'm so convinced of, you know, when you've seen miracles, you get pretty convinced. But the, that verse of that, because God's Spirit knows the thoughts of God and we have the Spirit in us. And so we get to know God because the Holy Spirit knows God. And, we, and it says that we have the mind of Christ. I was like, well, no one, I just was like, no one can tell me that I can't understand God. And that's something that the church can tell you, that the religious can tell you, is that you can't know God. You can't understand the depth of Him. You can't understand everything. And so we're going to write theologies based on our own men, like men men's understanding of a certain situation um, that because we can't actually know God and we can't actually pursue Him and understand Him. And I firmly believe that there are theologies out there that purely come out of a place where people just didn't come to know, didn't actually ask God. They didn't ask to just him to reveal it to them. And so they just did it out of their sheer intellect, their sheer wisdom of man that God utterly says is foolish. <laughs> like... Uh, it, def- it can be. It definitely can be. It- and it can be out of this serious place. And so, guys, like, uh, like I'll-, I'll just qu- right, quickly just fr- finish. Just like, God also, we're friends with God. John 15, um, it-, it claims that. Um, he's a good father. We, as you can see, it's like an anthem at the moment in in, our, in the church. A good, good father. Like it's it's something that's resonating with our hearts. Like he's a good father, and so like we're, we're father like child. Like we got to think like sometimes I'm a child to God. Um, now. Also, we're siblings. Siblings, co- we're, we're co-heirs with Christ. That makes us a sibling to Him. And what are we co-heirs to? The kingdom of God. So we actually also come into a place where we become a king because Jesus is king of kings. And so He is the king of us that are kings because we're co-heirs with Him. And so we are actually kings of the kingdom of God. And so now we can start thinking of ourselves as kings in relationship with the king of kings. And so we can go, Whoo, I've got authority here. I've got authority over the king, in the kingdom of God. And when I bring kingdom of God in this place, I've got authority over this place. And one of the big things that I was praying when I, like, I pray over my house, I pray over my relationships, I prayed over this place, was that I was like, Lord, I take authority over this place now. Um, I, 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 take the, I, I believe that the kingdom of God is going to be here and that all principalities can't stand to be here because I tell you to go right now in Jesus' name because I'm the king of this place. And the king is allowing it because Jesus is all for me taking authority over the principalities.
Um, so we're siblings, co-heirs. We can go, brother. <laughs> you know, like it's uh, it's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, king of the kingdom. Eh, da, da, da. Um, also, in terms of like thinking of kingdom and relationship with the king, we're also considered to be like soldiers. There, there is a war to fight. Um, just that uh, the, when we're, uh, like the first verse I brought up with the, the armor of God, it, does, it talks about us, um, you know, taking on the armor of God like a soldier. It's getting in there. We're actually also the, um, the Calvary. Is that the right word? I think. Yeah. Um, you know, coming in to... Sorry? Calvary. Uh, whatever and um, <laughs> uh, so like we, we come in we, we're, we're, in, we're, we're also ambassadors for the kingdom we, we, we go in and we, we like, something that ambassadors do in, in, in the actual world is that they move into uh, uh, they go into other kingdoms to, to see their culture to see what they're doing sometimes it's to see whether they can actually win the war uh, see if they, if they can come back and, and, and tell their king and go, look, their, their culture is this, this is what they do. Who knows? Like that's what ambassadors do. We're an ambassador for God and we go in declaring and, and, we, and we, we come in saying, this is who I am. And, and you know what ambassadors also have in, their, in, in, in another country? They have a place that is their own. They have a place that's considered their country. And so when we can go into the enemy's territory, but we're actually not in the enemy's territory because there's a place that's the kingdom of God that we're always light, there's always light and darkness as long as we're there. And so we can, we, that, that's part of our relationship with the king is that wherever we go, that we are an ambassador, we are a light and we take authority over the places, over the principalities, over the rulers of this world because Jesus has defeated the works of the devil. They're already defeated. We just need to go and take the land back. It's as simple as that. They can't touch us. They can't touch us. It's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's right. Sorry, I re- I'm going to wrap this up. But just three more. God and saint. I'm not going to elaborate on them though. <laughs> God, we're, um, we're we're called to be saints. Um, we're royal priesthood. Um, Holy Spirit versus like being his temple. <laughs> so we're a temple. We're a relationship between us and Holy Spirit is temple. Um, and like I, I said before, creator God and created man in his image. Um, where like God, everything was made, created through Jesus and for Jesus. We were created in the depths um, it says in Psalm 139, it talks about how intricately and wonderfully made by God. Um, and so, yeah, that, so guys, my, like the conclude. I, I really just, I, I really hope that I built a case that re- like religion, actually, like if you look at Jesus's life, like I said, the biggest Opposition to Jesus was the religious. And he came to defeat the works of the enemy. He, he came for, to, to defeat, defeat him. And all he did when he was on earth was, was pretty much just fight against the Pharisees. So like, 
I'm, I, I, the, the, it is such a, a huge thing that we really need to just make sure that we have no hint of religion in us, that we're only focusing on relationship, that every time we move into a place of rules, of, of, of shame, shame is, is such a resort of, 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 um, of condemnation from religion, um, from being religious. I don't want to say, I, I'm not so, yeah. The, the statement I'm trying to say is that it's not relig- like religion is a title of, of certain religions, like it's Christianity, Buddhism, whatever. Like it's us being religious. Like let's not be religious, guys. Let's always pursue relationship. Let's figure out what types of relationships we have. Let's let's constantly be malleable to moving in and out of different relationships with God. There will be seasons of intimacy. There will be seasons of of King and 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 Son and and there's going to be. Like, but but then the, the also the seasons could be within minutes. The seasons could be within days. Like I, I'm just saying, like we need to not be just fo- making Jesus, like God and Jesus and Holy Spirit this this one. Like we have just this one facet, re- like. Um, relationship with him there's there's so many different like it's, it, it's expansive and deep and he wants everything he's he's claiming it all he doesn't want any relationship not to he, he wants every type of relationship to like like good relationship to have with you he wants it all um so yeah that's it guys i i really really encourage you to just ask holy spirit in relationship is there religion in my life and and am i being religious in any way and and how and how can i pursue you more in relationship and in friendship and in intimacy that's pretty much it guys so let's pray lord jesus we just thank you so much for this word thank you so much that you came to reconcile us with God and that you gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You literally gave us the ministry of making, getting people into relationship with you. You didn't, you didn't get us into uh, a ministry of putting people into a bunch of rules and regulations and, and making sure that you do this ministry. Um, it is purely the ministry of making us right with you so that we can have relationship with you, to be reconciled with you. Um, and so, Lord, I, I pray that, that these guys will go out and pursue such an intimacy with everyone, uh, with, with, with you, Lord, and also with their, with their brothers, with their sisters, with their family, because also a huge thing that you care about, Lord, is that you even said, leave your your... You're offering at the altar and go make reconciliation with your brother before you even worship me. So you care about reconciliation even with our brothers. You care about relationship with our brothers more than you care about us before we even come to worship you. Um, So Lord, you care about worship so deeply. And uh, and so Father... um, Lead us in that. Lead us in understanding more. We rebuke 
the spirit of religion. You have no hold on these people anymore. And I pray for protection right now over them, that, they'll, that, that, that their angels will be protecting them from, um, from any rulers, any authorities. And we pray right now that the Holy Spirit flow and flood and overflow every stronghold that, that is in their mind and that, that every thought be made captive and set to, to Christ. Um, so, yeah, we declare and proclaim all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Awesome.